Time for the Melbourne Storm Hour here on SEN. The boys are in the studio, locked and loaded. Each and every week we roll through some of the biggest Melbourne Storm stars for you. And we tell you what's going on at the club. We, more importantly, take you inside the club as well. Talk about what the boys are doing on the pitch, but also what they're doing off the field as well. Christian Welch and Joe Stimson joins us in the studio this week on the back of a successful debut last week. Boys, good evening. G'day. How you doing? Hey, uh, nice fit to have you both here. Um, I don't know if you're across... Last week and everything that uh, that went on with Drinky, but he went okay. He was pretty nervous at the start. Yeah, right. I, I didn't. I didn't get the chance to listen to it, but I'm sure Drinky, knowing Drinky, he'd, yeah, be able to talk his way out of it. Anything, <laughs> so yeah, he would have been good. He was sweating at the start. Yeah, he's never short of a word as uh, any fullback is in our game. Um, always <laughs> yapping and always barking. So I'm sure he would have went went pretty well. Um, over the course of the hour, we're going to talk a, a bit about, obviously, you two in particular, your career so far. Also, the good performance on the weekend, 2-0 and zero to start the season. A lot of positivity coming out of that as well. And you can join us, one 736 736 on the phone or 0433 98 11 16 on the text as well. Am I right in saying that you two, let's deal with the important stuff off the top, am I right in saying that you two used to live together? Yeah, I, um, I was actually at the Storm a year earlier than Joe when... Uh, he, he rocked up to a game in Sydney, this little chubby uh, high schooler. <laughs> uh, and I was actually asked to mentor him in life skills and, and just in general, he was a bit of a wayward youth. Uh, and he's actually turned out all right, although the rig is still pretty sloppy. Uh, he's come a long way, young Joe. Are you being shamed here, Joe, on air? Yeah, always. That's always really got on me, really, my high skin folds. But we'll see. He beats, beats him in the yo-yo test, the tan track. Um, what else? Squat more than him. There's a few things, a few things that it needs to work Don't. on. Oh, what sort of squat numbers are we putting up here? Uh, well, well, geez, Max is probably 120. For, for oh. life, so. <laughs> <laughs> There's not much to be. Do you, do you care to respond to that, Welshie? Oh, you know, I'm the one who's not injured and out there playing <laughs> games week to week, so uh, I think he's got to you know, get out of his glass tower. <laughs> when, um, when Christian said that he was asked to mentor you, would you say that he has – Mentored you at all, Joe? Like, has he has no. he taught you things along the way? He's taught he's taught me what not to do. He no no chance he's been mentored me at all, to be honest. But I'll let him I'll let him um, believe that. That's for sure. <laughs> no, he's a good kid, young Joe. You know, <laughs> he lived with us for three years, and uh, he was a bit raw at the start, and. You know, he's come a long way. I'm really proud of how Joe's developed into a young man. <laughs> Listen to you like a proud father. You, <laughs> um, Boys, I always like to ask the Storm players, particularly those who, who haven't come from Melbourne, and, and because it is a, a shock in many ways to come to a different city, live in a different city, and, and also live in a place where the Storm have got a massive part here in Melbourne, but it is an AFL-centric state. How do you find it? Uh, I, I think it plays to one of our strengths, I think. You know, everyone is away from their home, uh, away from their families and their social circles. So I think, um, you know, it actually brings the squad closer. Um, you know, I think it's similar to probably AFL in Melbourne and, and Rugby League in Sydney that, you know, you might go and play for your team, but then you have your social circle outside of that. And uh, whereas in, in Melbourne, and, and you know, we live together and um, it's actually a really tight tight-knit unit and, 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 and when we go out and, and socialise, we all go out together. And so I think that... Uh, flows on in, onto the field when, uh, you know, you're playing and there's some tough moments in the game. Um, you know, you actually are really close with your teammates and, and there's a really good bond there. And I think, 
you know, we're lucky that because, uh, you know, a lot of guys aren't from Melbourne. So, yeah, to, to, I think it's a really good positive. Is it nice to not have to live and breathe it as well, to not pick up the papers and see, I don't know if you read the papers, but see the, the back eight pages when you go to Sydney or, or Queensland, obviously it's everywhere. Is it nice to not have to be fully drowning in it all the time as well? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, reading about, I wasn't really much into AFL, but coming down here is such a dominant sport and, um, yeah, I've really gotten into it and it is a bit refreshing to, cause you, as you said, you're living and breathe it, breathing it every day and, um, yeah, you can't really, you don't have to take it home with you if you don't want to. So, um, yeah, it is, it is a good, good thing. one 736 to join us here on the Melbourne Storm Hour. Um, I, I, I love going to a Storm game when the, the AFL fixture allows me to actually get and check it out. you built such a loyal following. There's a lot listening tonight as well and there's a lot that are joining us on Twitter and, and tweeting their love already, but there is a really strong and loyal following for the Storm in this town. Yeah, we've got a great... Um, a great community of, of Storm fans and, um, and you know, I, I think our, uh, you know, we're only about 20 years old, but I think the guys who started the club did such a great job in, in setting the tone and, and I suppose that's why more recent some of these controversies in our sport with off-field behaviour has been really, um, I suppose, hurtful for us because um, we know that this is AFL territory and, and that we have to, you know, not only be a successful team on the field, but also the way we carry ourselves in the community and, um, and you know where we, the way we interact with the community is really important, and it's um, and it's something that we take a lot of, um, I suppose, uh, pride in, in how we interact. So um, yeah. So when you go out and do school functions and, and school clinics and all that sort of stuff, or local clinics, do you do you feel like there's a, a good vibe and a good feel uh, and a lot of love for the storm when you go out and do these sorts of things? Yeah, definitely. I think um, a lot of a lot of the kids are quite interested because you get a lot of questions like, "Oh, I've actually never heard of rugby league and stuff like that." <laughs> but um, yeah, once they get the um, thicker things and some of the r- basic rules, they seem to really enjoy it and um, yeah, get involved in it. And if you try and yeah, try and avoid them to kick it and just pass it, pass it instead. So no, it's really good, and we always we really enjoy going out there and. Uh, yeah, meeting the new fans. Couple off the text. Uh, great to have a couple of the hashtag Porterhouse boys in tonight. <laughs> Wonder how Joe and Christian feel about their names misspelled and mispronounced constantly. <laughs> oh, this, yes, hey, well, this smacks uh, of an internal well, text. This one, I reckon. Yeah, just up, I think. Mm. Um, yeah, so a couple of years ago, there was four of us guys uh, living together, and we were in Port Melbourne, and ended up coming to the, the name of our house called the Porterhouse, a good 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 cut of meat, you know, good quality bikes. So, um, and a few of the boys actually got the Porterhouse tattoo. and um, What? Yeah, so, yeah, a few of the boys got the tattoo and, and Cameron Munster's, you know, he's a great fella, but uh, I don't think there's a whole lot going on upstairs. <laughs> um, and he's gone rogue and, and gone off and got the tat first before everyone else and he's come back and, you know, cheering up and, g'day boys, hey, look at this, look how good's this and... Um, you know, it's turned out he's got the wrong steak on there. He's actually got a T-bone steak on his <laughs> No head. way. So uh, I think he missed the, missed the jump on that one. <laughs> so just take us through the tattoo, please. So it's a, it's a porterhouse, is it? Is there any writing that goes with it or anything like that? Or is, there, is there anyone in this studio right now who may in fact have one of these tattoos? Um, it will, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Mum, you didn't know about that one. But, these mum's uh, listening. You do now. Um, I've got a tattoo of a porterhouse with, uh, I've actually got a porterhouse steak, not a T-bone steak, unlike Herman. So, uh, yeah, you got a little steak and then you got porterhouse after that. So, yeah, it's always on the left hip and, um, yeah, mine's where you can't see it and I'm probably going to stay like that. Can I, um, can I just ask, if you were ever going to, like, 
talk to your mum and reveal to her that you have got a tattoo. Did you think that this was the way that you were going to do it? Uh, well, I'm about six hours away from it, so she can't do much about it now. <laughs> so she probably won't speak to me for the next year or so, but it's all right. That's all right. She'll get over it. Love you, Mum. I hope so. Uh, she might be listening. If you yeah. are, Mum, give us a call. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Give us a call and you can tell Joe... <laughs> You can tell him off in public, actually. <laughs> it's nothing like a public sort of strafing to uh, exactly. to make the soul feel better. No um, swearing. No great swearing. win for the boys on the weekend. Great 2-0 and zero to start the season and, and two pretty polished performances to start the season too. Yeah, I think, you know, looking back at last year's season, it was such a uphill battle the way we were playing and, and making errors and really applying pressure on ourselves and, and making our, our games really tough. So it's been really pleasing this year to... Just, I suppose, build pressure on the opposition in the way we've played. And I think that's been a big focus in the off-season to um, make some alterations in how we play and, and keep it a bit more simple and, and build pressure. And um, I think we've done a good job. And, uh, you know, the first round against the Broncos at home, you know, it was very easy to get up for. You know, it's the, yeah. it's the Broncos who everyone was talking up. And then um, and then we had a really tough away trip to Canberra against a really quality side. So, yeah, really pleased how we're travelling. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to getting to Penrith. Is it a tough place to play, GIO Stadium? Yeah, it's pretty tough. I mean, they do they actually do the Viking clap. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's... I love it. That's yeah. Cool. So they've uh, taken that off Iceland, I think, the, the football side. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it's quite a tough tough side to play, but it's a good side to play this time of the year because you don't want to be going to play Canberra in July or August. <laughs> and Especially my role is majority spent on the bench riding a bike, so... Uh, you don't get too warm doing that, so it, it's good to get them in round two instead of the middle of winter. We've been talking a lot to Storm players, assistant coaches. Bally's been on quite a few times in the lead-up to, to round one. Every time we've heard a Storm player on this station, the discussion has been around looking after the ball more this year and taking care of the ball, completing sets, et cetera, et cetera. So far, so good in that respect. Yeah, um, yeah, we our, our trial our trial form wasn't probably up to scratch, and we're all glad that our first two two ga- round games, sorry, uh, we completed quite well, and that's why I reckon we come right off the wins. Um, yeah, it's been good. How do you improve that? Because handling the ball is such a natural thing that you do from when you're a kid. Basically, you got a footy in your hand, and how do you improve that though when you get to the elite level? Is it just practicing over and over and over and over again? Yeah, it's a really frustrating. Uh, thing that it happened a lot to us last year and I think you know potentially the more you talk about it the more errors seem to creep in yeah. so um, I think it's more about an individual onus you know taking the responsibility on you to play the ball well and catch the ball and and be clean so you know it's certainly not a um, certainly not a fact that we're not training hard enough on completing our sets and you know and Craig's such a stern coach that um, you know he's obviously keeping an eye on eye on it every session that we do and, and he's really monitoring it. Life after Billy, how is it? Not just on the pitch, but around the club as well. Such a powerful and uh, popular figure. Has he left a hole? Yeah, cert- certainly has. Um, yeah, he can't really replace anyone like Billy Slade. As you said, on and off the field, he's such a good bloke and got, really got around the boys. But the, the bloke, the, my new roomie, Jerome Hughes, um, <laughs> yeah, he, he's going going really well and um, making that number one spot his own. So. Um, yeah, you obviously gonna miss Billy, but Jerome has great qualities as well that he can bring to the table now and um yeah, it's looking extremely exciting for us here. What did you I'll ask you both, what did you learn if you could take away one thing that you learnt from Billy Slater, what did you learn from him? Um, probably his work ethic. He's always been one of the hardest workers on that on that field. Like he's always doing those extras, those one percenters and 
um, yeah, like for example, like his video, like he just watches so much video and um, kind of knows what's happening before it's even going to happen. So um, yeah, just his preparation towards the game was, was what I got out of out of it, out of him the most. Like just how professional he was about it. Yeah, I just think he's a, such a competitor. I, you know, training and and particularly in the preseason, you know, when when these games don't really count for anything, but he is fighting tooth and nail just to win these things and. I think that's that's a real greatness that he has, and, and Cameron Smith and, and you know Cooper Cronk before him, they're just dead set competitors, and it doesn't matter if they're up forty points in the last play of the game or if they're down forty points, they're still going to do the same actions, and I think it's so far ingrained in them to to compete and to strive to win. I think you know that's why they're the champions of our game. You can join us one three hundred seven three six seven three six on the Melbourne Storm Hour. Rugby is back in Melbourne, and the Melbourne Storm are your club. Show your love for the Melbourne Storm in 2019. Simon's in South Yarra wants to have a chat to you too. Hello, Simon. G'day, mate. Thanks for your call. Just, uh, pleasure. Uh, look, it's great listening to the boys. Um, I'm a Dragons fan and, and I'm quite uh, aware of the history and traditions of that great club and obviously clubs like Souths and, and the Roosters that have been around for an awful long time. I'm interested to know, how does the club instill a sense of history and tradition into the younger Storm players, given that uh, for those of us who have lived in Melbourne know that the, the club has started in the late 90s and, and under John Rebo's um, tenure, but uh, how, do they, how are they building that sense of tradition and history, which is so important to a rugby league club? Thanks for your call, Simon. We appreciate it. Yeah, I think I think it's really important, and you know we're only twenty years old, but we really really celebrate our our history, and, and particularly the guys that started our club. Um, you know, there's guys like Tawera Nikau who who played only I think one season at our club, and his photos up on the wall, and and the things he did, and the guys who started the club in Melbourne, um, truly celebrated. Um, you know, last year when most away games we'd we'd get an old boy who's played at the Storm. You know, living you know whether he's in Perth, Brisbane, Sydney, or Townsville. Uh, every away trip, we'd try and get one of them in to, to speak to the group about his experience and, and what he got out of being a Melbourne Storm player. And um, yeah, I think there's a really, you know, it's a short history, but it's a really proud history of of the success. And um, and I think the club do a really good job at celebrating that. Uh, we have a pre-season camp in Geelong, and, um, and and we were broken up into teams of of club champions. You know, so you might be Team Hoffman yep. and, and Team Lazarus and and. And then you have to do a presentation on these, you know, these players who have added so much to our club, and and so I think it's good at educating our younger players, uh, and and appreciating those those guys who really led the way, and yeah, I think we do a good job at it. Yeah, even with the the old boys day, um, where well, our, in the boys in the squad now, we just really enjoy that day because you get to talk to those guys that made that history, and um, yeah, trying to build the legacy of the Melbourne Storm as it is, and. Um, yeah, it's really exciting. They get yeah, really mingle around with us too, so yeah, it's it's good. So a lot of work that goes in when you first come to the club. So obviously there's inductions and you learn about your day to day schedules and all that sort of stuff. But is there a lot of work that the club do to teach you about the history and how important that is to them as well? Yeah, we actually um, they run a bit of a program for all the new players, and and it and it doesn't matter if you've played 200 NRL games and had a 10 year career at another club. You you still do it as you know, you'll sit next to a 17-year-old who hasn't played one game. Yep. Uh, and, and that's all about educating you on what's expected of a Storm player, you know, whether it be on the field and, and the the standards we, we need players to do playing and then whether it's off the field about expectations on, 
how you treat people at the airport and, and people, bus drivers and, um, you know, people delivering your food for dinner on away trips and stuff like that. So I think they do a really good job at um, bringing people into the fold and then initiate, initiating them into the storm way. And then obviously your first year at the club, you do um, the I Don't Quit camp, which is... Yeah, tell us a bit about this. tough going. Tell us a bit about the I Don't Quit camp. How long do you have? Yeah, so it's... Um, We've got all hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, you do it for three days and, and the first day you've got these uh, ex-commando, ex-army guys who, um, you know, they basically break you up into teams and, and you lose your name basically. So I was red number two. I think Joe was blue number two. Black, two. black number two. Uh, and so the first day they just fatigue you, um, you know, thousands of push-ups and, and sit-ups and, and different things and then... Um, they took us down to Brighton and we were doing a physical exercise and we ended up going from Brighton down to Port Melbourne near the Spirit of Tasmania, um, walking through the water and carrying ropes. Big Um, rope. Yeah. White one. Yeah. (laughs) And then, uh, you know, little things like every time they put us on a bus to go out, we went out past Geelong to do obviously the remainder of our camp and they give you diaries that you have to write, you know, 500, 600 words about, you know, what you're going to learn about yourself just to stop you from sleeping. So, um, yeah, you'd go out there and then... Yeah, you go out there and I think we, we got off the bus and we got this, um, it was like your weapon. It was just like this big bar. It was like a five kilo like metal bar and that was, you had to hold that the whole time. That was like, you had to guard the water. And I remember like just as we got off the bus, we everyone just sort of stopped and along the beach and you go, right, I just got to guard the, guard, the, guard the beach and you sit there and you're just so fatigued, you're just trying not to fall asleep and you're slowly just starting to get tighter and tighter and then... Yeah, it's and what did we do after that? We went to um, this this hut, and um, he goes, right, boys, you can go to sleep now. And everyone's like, oh, we're a bit weary of it and stuff. And we get there and we're just about to fall. He gives us probably twenty minutes and just about to fall asleep. And goes, you didn't think you were sleeping tonight, did you? And then oh no, yeah, then we because you were out. thinking yes, yeah, we were. Like, yeah, <laughs> everyone's going on about how the camp is, and we get a twenty minute, uh, two hour sleep, but. Yeah, and then we went out and did some more core and buddy, yeah. all that stuff. Walked us out into the shrub That's and, right, yeah. and said, boys, you can sleep, but you've got to have 15-minute rotations of who gets to sleep. Mm. And then <sighs> had a speaker with, um, you know, this cymbals smashing, yeah. blaring into it. And then, yeah, they, was, they just do, you know, it's quite funny looking back at it now. And there's certainly a sense of camaraderie um, mm. once you've finished it. But they do, uh, you've got to stand guard overnight and you're in this isolated bush. You know, you're not near anyone kilometres apart and... The, the people, you know, this is two days after sleep, without sleep, and then they'll oh. try and sneak up on you and you need to say, whole two goes there. <laughs> and, and so you're standing there and you've two nights, no sleep, you're fatigued, uh, and, and you just start seeing things in the trees. It's pitch black and, um, yeah, it, it, was, it was certainly pretty grounding as a, an experience to go through. And you've only got to do it once, is that right? Yeah, you've only got to do it once, thankfully. Yeah, hopefully, anyway. Club might be listening tonight and they might yeah. say, oh, bugger it, we're doing it next year and you're all doing it now. Yeah. <laughs> we are the storm from Melbourne Town, we'll blow the others off the ground. We are the storm and we're number one. You're listening to the Melbourne Storm Hour here on SEN. The Purple Army is building for 2019. Melbourne, your city. And we are your club. Any four Melbourne Storm home games for only 99 bucks. Call 1300 Storms now and be Melbourne proud in 2019. It would be fair to say that uh, we might have just got Joe Stimson in a little bit of trouble in the opening segment. <laughs> Joe, mum's mum's listening, is she? Oh, my auntie is. Hello, Lynette. She's uh, hopefully she doesn't um, tell mum as of yet, but I dare say <laughs> the cat's out of the bag. I give it. 
by the end of this show, at the absolute latest, there'll be some sort of feedback from your mum, I, I reckon. I certainly hope not. And, but, in, uh, and in, in fact, we'll keep an eye on your phone. <laughs> Chris, you can just see his phone from over there. If it flashes up and it's got mum on the notifications, we're in business. Sounds good. Got him into all, so- got him into all got sorts of trouble here. one three hundred seven three six seven three six to join us. Jacob joins us from Werribee, is eight years old. Hello, Jacob. Hey. Thanks for calling, mate. What do you want to say to the boys? Um, how's the team going without Billy Slater? Yeah, the team's going pretty well. We've, we're two from two, and um, the replacement, Jerome Hughes, is going really well. And, yeah, he's always on the improve, and... Um, yeah, we're going really well. He's obviously a player that's quite tough to replace, but I think we're doing a pretty good job at it so far. Jacob, was he your favourite Melbourne Storm player? Uh, yes. Or was it Christian Welch? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you going along to a game soon, Jacob? Uh, yeah, we should. Yeah, I think you should too. I think you, have you, Jacob. I think you absolutely should. Uh, Jacob, thank you for your call. We appreciate it. See, fans of all ages, yeah. you probably, I know I asked you that too, but you probably do get asked that a fair bit, do you, about Billy Slater not being around this year? But just because he's such a big figure in this town? Yeah, I guess we're, you know, we've been lucky to play with Billy Slater, Cooper Cron, Cameron Smith. And I think, you know, once these guys retire, I think you will truly appreciate mm. how how massive they are in our sport and, and the true legends they are. And I think Cameron Smith's obviously... I think he'll be an immortal, and I think, you know, to to be playing and and living beside these guys, it, it's really special for us younger guys to witness, you know, these these great champions of our game. First ballot immortal, sure. Oh, well, you might have played with two of them. Yeah. There's, there's every cha- Cameron Smith yeah. should be pretty much the same, shouldn't he? Surely, yeah. straight in. Yeah, first definitely. opportunity. <laughs> Jacob, thank you for your call. Let's go to Alex in Mooney Ponds on one three hundred seven three six seven three six. G'day, Alex. G'day, fellas. How are you? Yeah, good, Matt. Wait, uh, the the worst and best dressed at the club. Oh, now this this is the sort of stuff that we like. So Alex is asking, who who in your opinions, who are the best and the worst dressed players <laughs> at the club? Well, you you go first. And I'll, right, uh, yeah, the I'll worst go. dress is definitely Christian at the moment. <laughs> He's actually stitched me up, actually. I'm in a storm polo where I was, it could have been casual, so I've just kind of stolen that yeah, from him. But I, I wanted to, I mean, I... Full credit to you for coming in full dressed up, Joe, but it's t- it's radio, not TV. Oh, no. He's got me an absolute beauty. I thought I had to get the polo, and he goes, oh, yeah, Munna's our um, manager's buddy. Going, yeah, he's going to take mine there and stuff. So, yeah, he's got me an absolute beauty. But the best dress, best dress would have to be, I'm going to say the fox. The fox is pretty good. Yeah, so I guess this, you can take this how you want and whether it's best or worst dress, but... Uh, Shander Royal oh, puts yeah. foils in his hair and hairdressers. <laughs> uh, I think I've broken some ground there. And, Probably uh, not overly surprising, though, I would think, for a lot of people listening. I make no apologies. Um, I think people need to find out the true Shandor. Uh, he puts foils in his hair. I th- there is cause of fake tanning. Uh, it's unconfirmed. And he's got a lot of pretty ordinary tats. Do you believe that the tan is fake? I mean, the test is whether it looks that way in June and July, isn't it, really? Yeah, well, he's got a bit of... Kiwi blood, so it's helping him. But, um, you know, we do have photos. So any fans that do want to see a photo of Shandor Oil with 
falls in his hair, please get in touch on Twitter. <laughs> um, tag SEM and uh, we'll get this we'll get this photo out there. We would love to get that photo out there. one 736 Give us a call. Have a chat to Christian Welch and Joe Stimson here on the Melbourne Storm Hour. There's only one rugby league team in town. Support the club that supports our city. Get four Melbourne Storm home games for only 99 bucks. Call one 300 storms now and be Melbourne proud. Uh, Rav's in Point Cook. G'day, Rav. Hey, guys, how you going? Good, thanks, Good, Rav. Mate. How are you? Yeah. yeah, great. I just wanted to ask you what you guys think. Um, this year I noticed referees really tightening down and milking in the play the ball area, trying to milk that back-to-back penalty because that back-to-back penalty kind of kills the game. I mean, it's great for us, but um, I think you notice them tightening down in the play the ball about the ball runner milking the penalty? Yeah, I think we've seen a bit of a more of a relaxed approach from uh, our referees, and I think they're cottoning on to you know a few few guys or players that do try and milk and, and hold on to defenders. Um, but I think in general, I think the the refs are letting the game flow a lot more, mm. which is yeah, uh, resulting in a lot more, I suppose, fatigue because the ball's in play a lot longer. And I think uh, I think our round one against the Broncos, the ball's in play, you know, I think for a record amount of time, and um, and that's where it really sets in fatigue and. And really brings into the little guys and the excitement of you know you get some tied forwards and some line breaks and um, I, I think they're doing a good job the referees. So you've noticed that because the refereeing and the officiating was discussed a lot in the off season and the the, the feel at that stage or coming from the NRL was that they would try and let the game go a bit more but you've actually got to see it to to believe it. So you think it's it's happening? Yeah, I think it's definitely happening. I think the um, you know, obviously they are penalising some incidents, but I think a lot of the time the referees um, want the game to flow and, and, and let teams get in that arm wrestle of fatigue because obviously with penalties you get a lot of stoppages and, um, you know, it's a bit of a stop-start game. So I, I think it's been really good the first two rounds. Do you think that's something the fans will enjoy too? Yeah, definitely Definitely bringing the fatigue factor. There's going to be more tries scored. So, yeah, and everyone wants to see the tries and the, the flair. So, um, yeah, de- that'll definitely bring that and... Yeah, really break the game open. Now, I want to play a piece of audio for you here. Rav, thank you for your call. I just want to play this and then just get a bit more of an explanation, if you could, please. Also, there's some uh, very interesting correspondence on Twitter coming through about Shandor Earl photos that I'll (laughs) I'll tell you about very shortly. But take a listen to this. Tough team to play and... Um, you know, a few of other boys who are interested in politics like Sully and, and Marion had a good chance to actually go see the Parliament House. So it was a good away trip for us and, uh, yeah, good to get the win. That was the voice of one Christian Welch. <laughs> Explain, please. Yeah, well, we played, obviously, in Canberra, the, the nation's capital. And, You're a nerd, mate. Um, a couple of our Islander boys, Sully Asifunavalu, is, he's actually a massive, massive fan of Australian politics. <laughs> uh, and Marion Seve, so the boys... Um, a few of the other boys went for some beers at the infamous uh, Mooseheads <laughs> nightclub after the game, but um, a few of those guys were actually caught getting the minibus and, and heading up to you know Parliament Hill. So, you know, each of their own, and I think it's great having those characters in our game. Isn't that just remarkable? I, w- I mean, you just you would never have pictured that, Joe, would you? Yeah. God no. Do you know what I'm impressed most with? That you did that with a straight face the whole way through. Yeah, there. Like he's rehearsed it. Yeah. Had you? Yes. Yes. Yeah. He was practicing in the car on the way here. <laughs> <laughs> Ben from Mount Martha uh, asking off the text, can you ask the boys what they think Billy Slater, see Billy's, or, Billy's no, a common Billy. theme, what Billy Slater will bring to his role at the St Kilda Footy Club this year in the AFL? Oh, um, 
Yeah, definitely. He's probably his leadership skills and his, um, as I said before, like his professionalism as well, the way he prepares for games and, um, yeah, he's obviously his leadership qualities. So, yeah, that will bring a lot to the Saints team. I think they haven't been going too well the last couple of years, but no. I'm sure with him there they'll – um, yeah, yeah, work it all out. And they're a young group, aren't they? The yeah, Saints. So, because yeah. yeah. we've got a similar program with Nick Maxwell, the, you know, the Collingwood mm. captain who he runs our leadership programs, not only our senior leadership group, but our emerging leaders. So, I'd imagine uh, Billy be running a similar program and, and trying to bring through the next generation of leaders at St Kilda. And um, I, I guess it'd be just an interesting having him there, a bit of a different, um, a, a freshness um, yeah. to, to how he sees the game, how he sees leaders, and how they should act. And <laughs> um, you know, obviously his track record speaks for itself. So I think, uh, but I, I've spoken to Billy a few times, and he's really impressed with St Kilda and and their preseason. They had how much work they get through. I think he was a bit oblivious to how much um, how much training and how hard they train. He keeps getting injuries down there. He might have to play for them in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> he might have to strap the boots on and have a run around. More with the boys up next. We're going to drill down a little bit deeper and ask some questions that are completely unrelated to the sport. We'll do that very shortly as well. We are the This is the Melbourne Storm Hour here on SEN. The Purple Army's building for 2019. Melbourne, you're our city and we are your club. Any four Melbourne Storm home games for only 99 bucks? call 1300 Storms now and be Melbourne proud in 2019. Christian Welch, Joe Stimson in the studio. We're about to go through some pocket profiles and learn a little bit more about both of you, but a couple of uh, texts as well that we we'll want to work through and... Off Twitter as well, we put the call out there and said, if you're interested in seeing a picture of Shanda Earl with foils on, uh, foils in his hair, then please let us know. Multiple responses coming through very, very quickly that the people want to see this. So how does this happen? Is this going to go on one of your Twitter accounts or how are we going to best manage this? Christian. I'm a pretty uh, <laughs> thoughtful guy, so I mean, if Chanderelle comes grovelling to me on Twitter publicly, um, I might <laughs> withhold the photo. So, uh, you know, we'll talk, Chandler. So he's got to suck up to you, basically, does he? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like he does normally at training. A so. <laughs> uh, couple of texts to work through. Just a quick one from Gary in Nearham South. Says, boys, I'm a Ruse supporter in the AFL, but I love the Storm and I've been following since 1999. Keep it up. And that sort of... That always talks to that attitude that, that Storm have always had, that, you know, we're not here trying to steal anyone away from, from AFL or anything. We just want you to, if you're going to have an NRL team, that you just make sure that it's us, basically. Yeah, I think um, I think that's the great thing about Melbourne. It's not, you know, if you go for the Storm, you can't barrack for uh, Collingwood or an AFL team. And mm. I think that's one of our great strengths is, um, you know, working within and, and around the AFL. And I think our NRL, our head body, probably missed a jump a few times with... Um, I think we played a preliminary final last year at the same time. There was a game across the road at yes. the G with, uh, I think it was Collingwood and Richmond, yeah. which wasn't too smart. So um, I certainly know we've got a lot of uh, Storm fans who obviously are AFL diehards and, um, you know, we really appreciate the support. And I think uh, I think Melbourne in general just love sport and I think they like good sport and good quality and, and successful teams. And I think we've been blessed to have a bit of success and, and they've certainly gotten behind us. Jeff's asking off Twitter, uh, off the text as well, sorry, two rounds in, this is to both of you, which teams look the biggest threats in 2019? Um, I think South Sydney. South Sydney, they've um, they've played really well, I think. Like their, their shape that they've been throwing and the way they've been executing has been really impressive and um, yeah, and who else? Um, Tigers. Tigers yeah, well, there's four undefeated yeah, at this yeah, stage, yeah. you included. So Yeah, the, yeah. Ti- the Tigers as well have been a bit of a... Um, not a shock, but 
surprised that they're up the top, but they're playing some good footy as well and they're playing really confidently. So, yeah, hopefully they can keep that form up. It's only early doors, isn't it? Only early. Everyone's still working themselves out. Yeah. Ken from Brighton says, great to listen to these two blokes. They're obviously teaching them well at the Storm. Good knowledge. Well spoken. So you've uh, you won a new fan over there in Ken. Oh, Ken, Ken. Ken said he's a, he's a high school uh, principal too. So there oh, you go. Geez, Ken. You're good man. More highfalutin sort of listeners. <laughs> um, Paul says, wondering if any of the new recruits are making a challenge to Stimo's claim to best looking bloke at the club. That's that's not your claim, is it? That's definitely not his claim. I'll take it, Bart. I'd just like I'll to clarify. I will take it. <clears throat> I think it's probably from Christian or someone. But, uh, um, back in the you. day, we actually... Um, had a trivia oh, night on one of our weekends off, and there was a few beers involved, and, <laughs> and there was an external trivia company that was brought in this to run the night. Lie. Yes. Um, and I actually went and spoke to the guy. They said, you know, who's the best-looking bloke at the Storm? And um, the guy said he actually went to the Emerson on Friday night and <laughs> interviewed some of the young ladies. Uh, and obviously we had Cooper Cronk, who's a good-looking rooster, a bit of a bent nose. Uh, he came in at one. Um, Christian Welch came in at two. <laughs> Was Chase Blair coming at three? Like, yeah, Blair is not top three. Blair is bit of a he's bit of a rough lid. Yeah, he's really battling, but he's got a loving uh, a loving wife and and some two kids. So good on you, Blair, if you're out there listening. I, I'm, I to be honest, I, I sort of couldn't get past the um the fact that you sort of just dropped your your own name in there yeah. at number two, Christian he's, Welch. He's, he's extremely humble. He's obviously made that story up. <laughs> His lovely mother, Linny's probably voted multiple times for him. Mm. So. Speaking of mothers, any correspondence from yours about the tattoo at this stage? No, no. Mum hasn't texted me yet, so she'll probably call me after this segment's over. So wish me luck, guys. You've got away with it so far. Hopefully. The hour is not done yet. Also off the text, but on a serious note, uh, Welch appears to have changed his running style since returning from his injury. Was this a deliberate change made during rehab? No. Slower. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't look too good running the ball anyway, so I'm not sure if it's a positive <laughs> or a negative comment. So uh, Just take it as a positive. Yeah, I'll take it as a positive. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Yeah. Righto. Time to put one of you two under the hammer. The other will go under the hammer on the other side of the break. Joe, we're starting with you. Alrighty. I like the way straight away you just tried to palm it to <laughs> Christian. That is not happening. Um, greatest individual effort that you have seen on a footy field? Um, would have to be Josh Adokar's try against um, the Warriors where he ran the length. I liked how he uh, took on Roger Tuovashashek and absolutely left him in the dust. So that was pretty impressive. Nickname? Stimo. Stimo, nothing. Joey. Else. Slop dog. Slop dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a player from another team who you would love to play with? Um, probably uh, Boy Cordner. Yeah, I'll rate him as a player. It's actually a bit gross how much he uh, he's infatuated with Boyd Cordner. <laughs> Too much? It, it's yeah. borderline. Do you know what I love here is that this is Joe's pocket profile, no, no, but you can't well, she's in the this background. Is not, this is not your show, mate. It's this is everyone's. No, no, I'm, I'm enjoying it because we get uh, the, the multiple levels of commentary <laughs> here. Uh, Favourite commentator in the game? Vossi. Mm. Don't mind Vossi. Yeah, he's a star. Yeah, he's good. Favourite meal the night before a game? Um, Pizza, pasta. Yeah. Both or one or uh, both. Load up, do you? Yeah. Don't like, like when you say both, are we talking like? Oh, uh, no, like not like a big one, but like maybe like like a medium meat lovers and a small cabanara. It's a decent feed. <laughs> oh, Christian, you got something else, mate? <laughs> Christian, do you, do you want to add anything no. to that? Oh. No comment. Yeah, I think that's probably his entree <laughs> for the big boy. <laughs> Bulking. Which Bulking. which teammate should appear on the next series of The Bachelor? Well, well, Christian definitely. He's struggling in the ladies' department, to be honest. So, any single ladies out there? Christian is single. <laughs> single ladies out there listening to SEN. Uh, g'day. Yeah. So yeah, Christian, 
for sure. He loves him, loves himself a little bit. So he'd look good on. He'd be good on that. Which teammate is most likely to succeed after footy? Um, oh, there's there's plenty. There's plenty of boys that. Um, well, obviously everyone will succeed, but oh, geez, that's a tough one. Actually, I'm gonna have to say Sandoil is pretty pretty set up with his F45 business. He's got businesses everywhere, yeah. doesn't he? Um, favorite animal. Um, oh, jeez, didn't even thought of that. Uh, probably a, a lion. A lion? A lion. <laughs> got, no got, one, got one at home, do you? Or just in the apartment there? <laughs> if you won the lottery, what's the first thing you would buy? Um, a farm. A farm? Yep. Love me country. Anything in particular on the farm? Sheep. Sheep, yeah. Yep. Favourite holiday destination? Um... I like Hamilton Island, actually. Hamilton Island is really nice. Dream job if you weren't a footballer? Um, commentator. Commentator? That looks seems pretty fun. Jeez, we're in trouble here. Look yeah. out. Uh, and lastly, if you had one talent that you don't have now that you wish you had, what would it be? To sing, actually. I'd love to, actually, no, dance. I'd rather dance, I think. What if you could do One both? Talent. What if you could yeah, be? Yeah, if I could do both, like that'd a be good. Double threat, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dale Fanukin reckons he can sing. So, <laughs> yeah. Joe, I reckon you passed with flying colours, yeah, although there was a bit of, um, bit of background, background commentary yeah. going on there as well. Christian, you're up next. We are the storm from Melbourne Town, we'll blow the others off the ground. We are the storm and we're not. A fair bit of territory in this Melbourne Storm Hour tonight, haven't we? We've learned all sorts of things. We've got the boys in trouble and we're about to learn uh, a little bit more as well. Before we do that, Dave's in Brighton has been waiting patiently to have a chat to you too. G'day, Dave. G'day, Jack. How are you, mate? We're good, mate. I just got a question. Oh, I want to say I love the two boys, but they spend a lot of time sitting on the bench at the start of the game. What do they think about when they're doing that? I actually cop a lot of grief from my my parents because uh, they reckon I could have ridden in the Tour de France the amount of <laughs> amount of minutes I sit on that exercise bike and um, yeah no what what do you do on the bench it's just it's just enjoying the boys getting to work you know yeah, it's the best right. seats in the house yeah sure I, I love when you're running up and down the sideline and. You're like, you're warming up, and then the blokes are like, geez, you've done this a couple of times, mate, in the crowd. You're like, oh, Jesus. Yeah, I couldn't see that being much fun at an yeah. away game. No, no. <laughs> but, no, just, yeah, as you say, we've got the best, we get the best seats in the house, and, um, yeah, he's, he's always itching to get out there. Dave, thanks for your call. Very much appreciate it. Um, we're going to finish off tonight with Christian going under the hammer. Oh, Joe, I yeah, thought you acquitted yeah. yourself beautifully during yeah, the break. Christian, you're nickname, okay. please. Uh, the White Rhino. Or the White Dugong. As the boys call him. <laughs> so it's a long story. Can I, can I, can I elaborate on that? Absolutely, you can. Yeah. So Just take over. Section. He so, took over yeah, your so segment. So this yeah. is my section, yeah. Um, the White Rhino, Christian's come in this ruck meeting and we've all just like, all oh, right, boys, you got to call me the White Rhino from now on. And everyone's like, why? Because yeah, white props are so rare. They're so rare. Like the White Rhino. And everyone's <laughs> like, oh, here we go. But then, you, then we... Um, yeah, I went into recovery and he took his shirt off and I was like, mate, you're actually looking like a dugong. <laughs> More like a dugong no, than no. a white rhino. No, we're an endangered species, the, the style of prop that I am. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't look to score tries. I just look to put a bit of kick pressure on and make my tackles and, uh, you know, these new age props. Um, they're they wide a bit differently. They actually score tries. Um, 
and we've got these uh, Polynesians coming in and stealing our jobs, basically. So, <laughs> um, and they're getting bigger and bigger every year. Yeah, these they're blokes getting bigger too. and harder to tackle. So, uh, you know, there's there's not many of us left. Uh, greatest individual performance that you have seen on a field? Oh, on a field. Um, uh, on a field. Uh, <laughs> Your lead line try. <laughs> uh, who's oh Cameron Smith? It, it, most games he seems to mm. just do some amazing things. Yeah. A player from another team that you would love to play with? Uh, in our sport? Yeah. Um, yeah. Probably Jared Wahir Hargraves. He's a big bad man. Yeah, he's a very big bad man. Favourite commentator? Uh, Vossi. Vossi's good. He's pretty popular with the players, Vossi, isn't he? Yeah. Vossi, Next time he comes on, I'll play him this audio. He'll love it. He'll, yeah. he'll think it's the best. <laughs> uh, Favourite meal the night before a game? I generally have some low fat, you know, <laughs> you know some steamed steamed chicken. Don't and, you dare lie to the listeners. Oh, Don't mate. you dare lie to the nah, listeners, Christian Welch. <laughs> nah, I'll probably have uh, a yeah, big pasta and um, and obviously a bit of dessert to burn off the next day. Which teammate, probably other than yourself, should appear on the next series of The Bachelor? Um, we've got Cooper Johns, a young, oh, yeah. promising little bachelor who's <laughs> the son of Matthew Johns, the great rugby ah, league yeah. player. So yep. he's never short of a word and. Um, you know, he does some good work when he goes out. Which teammate, probably best to just park that, which teammate belts out your club theme song with the most gusto? The most gusto? Um, Sully Arce Vunavalu is very loud, very <laughs> vocal in those red sheds. You can't tell the bloke to shut up. You, <laughs> you could lie for Australia. This is incredible. <laughs> Favourite animal other than the, the white rhino? <laughs> uh, the Dugan. Komodo dragon. Why? 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 Man, they're impressive creatures. Watch the doco on YouTube. Weirdo. Is that your homework, Jay? You've got to go yeah, and watch it. definitely. I, I'm, I'm fascinated. I'll do it. The, the, the way they kill no, their prey, they, they bite the... Don't get sucked into him. Don't get sucked Watch them stalk a buffalo for three days. They clip it on the leg and then they just stalk it. It's impressive. Insane. Uh, Favourite possession that you own? Favourite possession? Um... Uh, I'm a very humble man. I'm oh, not a materialistic guy. You are, you are just an extraordinary operator. You are. What's the first thing that you would buy if you won the lottery? Joe Stimson's farm. <laughs> <laughs> this is not Monopoly. <laughs> Favourite holiday destination? Uh, we actually went on a trip to the USA um, recently, and um, Joey and a few other boys, and we, our first stop was Las Vegas. So that was... Oof. That was a fantastic was uh, holiday. Dream job if you weren't a footballer? Uh, I'd love to be a CEO of a sporting club. I'm actually a very serious guy. Joe? Yeah, it's actually true. <laughs> <laughs> he says that through gritted yeah, teeth. He's a stiff, but yeah. Uh, what scares you, Christian? Ooh, what scares me? Um, not Lenny being able Welch. to dance, not Lenny being able Welch. to sing. Um, my mum. Yeah, definitely. Heights. <laughs> It's a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, and if you had one talent that you don't have currently, what do you wish that it would be? Um, yeah, probably probably dancing sober. Definitely dancing. Dancing sober. Is yeah, that, I can dance after a few beers. Yeah, no, handy. you think you can. Yeah. But, oh, look all right. Hey, boys, it's been great to have you in the studio tonight. Thanks very much. We've been absolutely inundated with people saying that they loved you on the text, so we'll have to get you back soon, I reckon. Sounds good. Thanks for having us. Good luck on the weekend too. You take on Penrith. That game 7.35 for everyone tuning in who isn't headed up to watch that game at Carrington Park. You can actually watch it, of course, on Fox and cheer the boys on. Thanks again, lads. And uh, Melbourne Storm Hour, back next week here on SEN.